have sort of a verbal secret handshake. I say Christ is risen, and then you all say he is risen indeed. Alleluia. We're going to practice that. Christ is risen. Let's do it one more time because it just sounds so good. Christ is risen. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We'll wait for, for the bell to finish tolling. All right. We're on. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Courtney Sletton and Mrs. Susan Sinegar. And the acolytes are Carson Ray and Kai Brown. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity. And why don't we stand and greet each other this morning in the name of the Lord. Members, if you see someone that you don't recognize today, please go say hi and welcome them to worship today. These broadcasts are made possible by donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. Our opening hymn, our processional hymn today, will be number 461 in the Lutheran service book. I know that my Redeemer lives. Verses 1 through 4, that's number 461 in the Lutheran service book. As you are finding your seats and finishing up your greeting, we have just a few announcements before we begin with our worship today. Uh, first of all, next Sunday at 1 o'clock is the next church council meeting that's going to be in the Fellowship Hall. So if you are on the church council, that is April the 8th, next Sunday at 1 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall. And then April the 29th is our next church voters meeting. Uh, there will be a potluck immediately following worship on that day and then the voters meeting to follow that as well. Will you join me as we begin our worship today with a word of prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that on this day you rose again. Lord, on this day you forever conquered sin, death, and the power of Satan. Lord, we thank you that by your death and by your resurrection that we have been set free from the bondage of sin from the chains that enslaved us, Lord, to Satan's will. But Lord, now that we are, now that you have been buried and have come back to life, Lord, those, those sins and those chains are forever gone. And so, Lord, we ask now that as we worship you here on this Easter Sunday, that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand and face the processional cross in the back of the sanctuary. Let's go! Sorry, excuse me. 
Carol McIntyre. He is risen, risen indeed.
Please stand. We begin our worship this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The Lord is my strength and my song. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Merciful and everlasting God, you did not spare your only Son, but delivered him up for us all to bear our sins on the cross. Grant that our hearts may be so fixed with steadfast faith in him that we fear not the power of sin, death, and the devil. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading today is Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounds of trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. At this time, it's that moment for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message today uh, with Mr. Clybaker. Now is a good time to bring up your mighty mites today, your offering as well. The children's service today is by John Clybaker and entitled Run a Race. Good morning and happy Easter. How are you guys all this morning? Doing great. Did anybody do an Easter egg hunt this morning already? Raise your hands. Oh my, some of you already have. Or some of you going to do one later today maybe? Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Easter's a special day, isn't it? One of the greatest days in the church here. And as we just heard in the Old Testament, uh, boy, it's time to praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, Right? I want you to take a look at my feet. What kind of shoes do I have on today? Tennis shoes. What kind of, what is, what's another word for tennis shoes or another name for tennis shoes? Shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Sneakers. Sneakers. R- running shoes, maybe. Um, for those of you out there, you older folks, I did wear my tennis shoes. I can't do this very long, but hopefully you can kind of see. Um, something you'll learn, children, is as you get older, you know, when you're your age, you call them tennis shoes or running shoes. When you get to be about my age, they become jogging shoes. And there's a few folks out there that might call them walking shoes. All right? (laughs) Running shoes is what I prefer to still call them. And you know, it's that time of year, um, track. Meets are taking place, baseball and softball, lots of folks are doing a lot of running. Did you know 
that on the very first Easter, there was a race? Did you know that? Some of you did. I'm going to read it to you. It's out of the book of John, and John chapter 20, the first few verses. So really early on the very first day of the week, while it was still dark, so really early on Easter morning, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Remember, they put a big rock in front of Jesus' grave so that nobody can get into it. But it was moved. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. We know that that's John. That's how he, what, what he called himself, the one Jesus loved. And she said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. Well, that got them pretty excited. So, in verse 3, Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running. And this part, I can't wait to meet the Apostle John when we all get to heaven. I think he's a fascinating character, and he writes, interestingly, um, I think there was a little competition going on there because he says... Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. That was the first race on Easter. So they both went, and it says he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon Peter, though, when he got there, he arrived behind him, went into the tomb, and saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. And those men then saw the tomb was empty. Jesus had come back to life, just as he had promised. How neat is that? Did you know that there was a race on the first Easter? Peter and John. Now we know that, don't we? Later on in the Bible, St. Paul writes to the Hebrews in chapter 11 and tells them, Run with endurance. The race which is set before you, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So the Bible talks about running a lot. I'm sure that none of us really thought about running a race early on Easter Sunday. But it's important that we always think about running to Jesus. Again, he's the one who gives us faith through our baptism, and through God's Word. And I hope that all of you today, whether you're going out to hunt Easter eggs later and run to look for them, or whatever you might do, remember that running to Jesus is always the right thing to do. Let's say a special prayer before we go back to our seats. And let's not run to our seats. We can walk back, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this Easter Sunday and the opportunity to remember the wonderful things that you've done for us, including allowing Jesus to take on the, the cross and all the things that he had to suffer so that we don't have to. We thank you so much, dear Lord, that the Holy Spirit has given us faith that we can run to you, and we hope and pray that you'll continue to give us that strength that we can have the endurance to continue running to you all the rest of our lives. Bless and be with us on this wonderful Easter day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, before you go back 
On either side here are some special treats for you all. Everybody take one and have a great Easter day, okay? Happy Easter! Thank you! The epistle reading for today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firm to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I pass on to you as of first importance— that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to the abnormal, abnormal born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether, then, it was I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believe. This is the word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 16th chapter. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear God, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. 
You guys said that good. The text for this morning's meditation is the Old Testament lesson that was just read and also the epistle from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, actually pretty darn near the entire chapter because it, it is just incredibly well written by the Apostle Paul. Now, I know what some of you today here are thinking because years ago it was the same kind of thought that I had not only on Easter Sunday but most every Sunday. You've come here on Easter Sunday, the, 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 the giant cross is here with lilies and there are lilies down there and there are lilies over here. When you walked in, you probably smelled them. Everybody is dressed in their Easter best. We're singing some of our favorite hymns. It's a great day, a wonderful day. But perhaps some of you this morning are thinking the same thing that I was many years ago, and that was this. I know that today is an awesome day, I know that today is a wonderful day, but when I walk outside of those doors, my problems are still going to be there. I'm still going to have cancer. My marriage is still going to be a disaster. I still have not reconciled with my friends or my family. I'm still not going to have enough money to pay the bills. My parents still don't remember who I am. And the list goes on. I want to talk to you this morning about two things. Number one is this. If Jesus were still in the grave, if he was still there, if we had Maundy Thursday service, the last supper and the, the night in which we celebrate that Jesus gave to his disciples a last command, a last mandate, that we should love one another just as he has loved us, and then we had Good Friday service the next evening, the service of darkness where we heard and read and sung about the final hours of Jesus' life. And we heard those incredible words. Jesus breathes his last and he says it is finished. And the Bible says, with that, he gave up his spirit, and he died. If Jesus were still in the grave, then that is it. Period. Death is final. Suffering is final. Evil is final. If Jesus were still in the grave. We could put it another way. If Jesus were still in the grave, then Good Friday really isn't all that good. As a matter of fact, it's really quite terrible. Listen to the Apostle Paul on this. He talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. He writes, But if it is preached 
that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you, there were some in, in this church who were saying that there was no resurrection, he says, then how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And this is where Paul drives right at the heart of it. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, so is mine, and so is your faith. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith in God, the faith which brought you here today, the faith which allows you to speak and to sing about the glories and the alleluias, if Christ has not been raised, then it's all in vain, and it's worthless. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. If Jesus is still in the grave, then when you walk outside of these doors that are around 11 o'clock, 11.30, somewhere in there, I promise it's not going to take forever. (laughs) If Jesus has not been raised, if he is still in the grave, then when you walk outside of these doors today, you have no hope. Zero hope. Quite literally, you have nothing to live for if Jesus is still in the grave. All of the problems that we talked about earlier and all of the evil of this world, it still wins. Now, I want to take a moment to put this in perspective because this is exactly what Paul is getting at. And I want you to think about, for just a few moments with me, I want you to think about all of the evil in this world Because it's going to help you to give a perspective on what today means. I want you, first of all, to think about all of the school shootings that have happened. And all of the innocent lives that have been lost. I don't don't care what side of that, that you stand on. I really don't. But I want you to think to... Think about, regardless of whatever side of that that you stand on, I want you to think about just the lives lost. And regardless of where on that particular issue that you stand, the fact remains that that there's evil in this world. And evil is what caused it. Innocent lives lost. I want you and I, too, today to think about the children who are kidnapped and ripped from their families' homes. Children that vary in all kinds of ages, from babies to older kids, ripped from their families' homes and forced to live with somebody a lot of times that they don't even know. I want you to think about the evil that has broken up families, whatever that evil is. Perhaps families that are close to you. I want you to think about, and this one hits close to home for all of us, I want you to think about that mother in Pierce City this past year who shot and killed her own daughter. She was 10. 
I want you to think about the number of cases in which our aging loved ones have received improper care at the facility that we placed them in and we trusted them with. I want you too, you and I, to think about the evil in our own hearts. The evil that has caused you to think terrible things, perhaps even do terrible things. This morning, I'm thinking too about three funerals that I've already done this year. They happen in back-to-back-to-back weeks. I'm thinking about Laverne and Herschel, Irwin. All members of this church body, all men of Christ for which we loved and who we miss. If Jesus is still in the grave, then their graves that are in the back here are where they stay forever until time and decay and rot take their bodies. If Jesus is still in the grave. If Jesus is still in the grave, then all of the, uh, then all of the evil things that we've just got done thinking about and speaking about, all of those things, it's all for naught. It's all pointless. If Jesus is still in the grave, then we have absolutely zero hope for this life and for any life that is to come. But, Paul goes on in this chapter of 1 Corinthians. He says, but Christ has been risen from the dead. We read on in verses 20 through 26. He says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn. Christ the firstfruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him, Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself. He put everything under Christ. For he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. This is why we worship on Sunday. This is why you and I are gathered here today. Because on that Good Friday, when Christ was crucified on the cross, he put all of his enemies under his feet. Remember that the place in which they crucified him was called the place of the skull. Remember that at the very beginning with Adam and Eve, God says that this offspring of Eve, Jesus, shall bruise your head and he shall crush evil on that Good Friday. 
This is why we worship on Sunday, the Lord's Day, when he arose three days later. This is why we worship today. And let me just be very, very clear about this. If there are some of you here today that do not believe in the resurrection, my prayer is that by the end of today or someday that you do. Because there are multiple, I can assure you, there are multiple eyewitnesses, not just in Scripture, but in non Christian historical sources that say that Jesus did exist and that he did rise again from the dead. Jesus is not in his grave. The problems of this world will not overcome you, and there exists still a more shining and glorious day when Christ will return. And all of the former things of this life will have passed away. All of the pain all of the suffering, all of the sorrow, all of the atrocities of this world that we live in, it will all be gone. Because Christ is not in his grave. He has arisen, just as he said that he would. And did I mention, did I mention the party that's going to happen? This is what Psalm 150 has to do with all of this. Turn to that with me, please. Psalm 150 speaks of the party that will happen on the last day, when the culmination of our faith occurs. It's the celebration of the end of a life of sorrow and pain. And to really understand this psalm, and to, and to really understand all of the psalms, you and I must have an, the understanding that you and I, along with David, who wrote many of these psalms, we pray them secondarily. Because there was one who prayed them first. Jesus Christ was the one who prayed them first. And to understand Psalm 150 and the joy and the happiness, and as we, we will see, the alleluias that spring forth from this psalm, it is Jesus who has prayed the psalm. And if you think about all of the psalms that have come before, I think about specifically Psalm 22, in which Jesus on the cross quotes the exact words of that psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We pray these psalms secondarily. Jesus prays this psalm after he has gone through his life in which he experienced sorrow, in which he too experienced pain. Jesus praised this psalm because all the sadness and the difficulties and the pain that he has gone through in his earthly life have given way to joy and praise to God. There is a reason why I selected this particular psalm for this day. We have just finished singing several hymns, and we will sing several more, in which there is a word that we say quite often. It's on the front of your bulletin. Alleluia. Alleluia literally means praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so this is how this psalm reads. Uh, reads literally, Alleluia. Alleluia in his sanctuary. Alleluia in his mighty heavens. Alleluia for his acts of power. Alleluia for his surpassing greatness. Alleluia with the sounding of the trumpet. Alleluia with the harp and the lyre. Alleluia with tambourine and dancing. 
Alleluia with the strings and flute. Alleluia with the clash of cymbals. Alleluia with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath. Alleluia. Alleluia. And why does everything that has breath sing this? Why does everything that has breath sing Alleluia? Because everything that has breath has been delivered from their past of pain and sin. Because everything that has breath has seen their hope realized. Everything that has breath, you and I, the problems and the pain of our lives have given way to the same joys and praise of Christ, our Savior. But there is more. Just when you think it couldn't get any better, there's more. There is more to grace in the gospel than just reversing the effects of sin. Because the Bible, specifically Paul, talks about that we can expect a transformation as well. God deemed in his great wisdom and in in, in his great might that when the last day comes, we're not just going to go back to the way that Adam and Eve were. Oh no, we will be better off than they will. Because we will actually have clothes. Specifically, the clothes, the the white robe of the righteousness of Christ, which he will give to us, has given to us in our baptism. To signify that we are the beloveds. That you and I belong to him. Listen again to Paul, this time from Philippians chapter 3. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And again, from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I thought long and hard actually about just reading this entire chapter because it tells everything that I need to say. Verses 51 through 54, and if you have been to a funeral, you will recognize these words. Paul says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable, you and I, has been clothed with the imperishable, Jesus, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he ends the chapter like this. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. 
Your faith is not futile. Your faith is not in vain. The pain in which you and I experience on this side of heaven is not in vain. Why? Because, alleluia, Christ is risen. We're going to try that again. Alleluia, Christ is risen. If Jesus is still in the grave, we have no alleluias. But he's not. He has risen, just as he said that he would. He has risen from death. Your faith and mine is not in vain. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to sing and say alleluia some more. So let's do that. Alleluia, Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. At this time, we confess our words together, the words of our Christian faith, using that of the Apostles' Creed, as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, the only Son of our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven, and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the last. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will collect our tithes and offerings. Now would be a good time, uh, whether you are a member or a guest with us, to sign the red sign-in book. That it, it should be found on one side of the pew. If you are on the window side and you receive it, please send it back towards the aisle uh, so that the elders at the end of service will come by and tear off those top sheets. We collect our tithes and offerings. Special music during the offering is a piano duet. Rejoice, Jesus reigns.
In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. First, for all those who are on our who is on our who are on our health list, for Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Ernest Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan and Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey. Steve Doss, Jeannie Stoltz, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Lauren Barnes, Alan Mullen, and Bob Dotson. Also for the family of Debbie Trokey, whose mother passed away this weekend. We also give thanks to God for 26 years of marriage to be celebrated on April 3rd by Travis and Carrie Hessman. Also for all those who are celebrating birthdays, for Florine Towers, who will celebrate 86 years of life on April the 4th, for Flora Overman, who will celebrate 95 years of life on April the 7th, for Marjorie Harris, who is celebrating 83 years of life on April 7th, for Barbara Steinberg, who is celebrating 81 years of life on April 4th, and for Ethel Helmkamp, who will celebrate 88 years of life on April the 4th. We go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, you raised your Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead as the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Fill all of your baptized people with the joy of his victory and send us forth as witnesses to his resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, prosper your gospel wherever it is preached throughout the world, that it may give and sustain faith in all who hear it, delivering them from the power of darkness and bringing them into the joyful kingdom of your risen Son. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, your Son established your church as to be, to be a refuge of peace in a troubled world. Raise up servants of your church in every place who will devote their lives to the spread of the gospel and the service of your people. Lord, in your mercy. Remember too, Lord, in your kindness all who bear authority in our land and give them wisdom and integrity that they may serve our people according to your will. Lord, in your mercy. We pray also, Lord, for all who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray especially, Lord, for all those who are on our health list. For the Trophy family. And Lord, for all those that we name before you in our hearts now. May your Son ever be for them their joy and sorrow, their health and sickness, and their life and death. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, your Son has prepared a feast of forgiveness and life for his people. Grant to all who come to his altar today a faithful share in his unending life. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week, especially for Travis and Carrie upon celebrating their 26th anniversary. We pray to you that by your Spirit you would enable them to remain faithful to each other 
and to the vows that they have made. Uplift them in their love for one another and especially their love for you. Also, Lord, we pray for Ethel and Barbara, Florine, Marjorie, and Flora, who have birthdays this week. Thank you for sustaining them in life to this day, and we pray that your face would shine upon them every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, receive our thanks this day for all of your servants who have left this life in your faith and in your fellowship and who now rest from their labors. Bring us by your grace to share with them in the triumph of your resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so, Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John, and with all of the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin 
and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
First Communion hymn is Jesus Christ is Risen Today, 457.
Christ the Lord is risen today in 469. In 469.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Our closing hymn is I Know That My Redeemer Lives, 461, verses 5 through 8. 461, verses 5 through 8.
Please be seated. Again, a very special word of welcome to all of our guests and visitors today. We're very glad that you were here to worship with us. If this is your first time, thank you very much for being here today. We worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We have adult Bible class and Sunday school at 8.45 over in the school. And so we would invite you to join us there as well. Thank you so very much to the choirs, to all who assisted uh, with our worship today, to our organist, Susan, who I don't know what number service that this is. I lost count. But thank you to all of you. It was just wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and I pray that today and for the rest of this week that you have a very, very blessed day and a very blessed week. <laughs> 